we think about Mary and her life, I think our first thought is always how blessed she was, this creature of God and all of the many blessings that she received from God, from our Catholic belief that she was immaculately conceived, that the angel Gabriel tells her she's full of grace, her cousin Elizabeth said she's blessed among women, and this encounter with the angel Gabriel, this mission, this message from God, how blessed Mary was. But today, when the angel Gabriel brings these blessings from God, that she would be a mother, she would be a mother of a son, and that this son would be so successful, king forever over all of Israel. She's not really rejoicing about any of those blessings. How come? Why isn't she finding joy in the blessings that are being brought to her from God through the angel Gabriel? Well, the angel Gabriel says to Mary, the Lord is with you. And that sounds like a wonderful greeting that God is with Mary. But when we go through the history of Israel and the Old Testament, when the message of the Lord is with you is given to somebody, it's kind of a bad omen. Bad things are coming. And we hear that in our first reading with King David. The prophet Nathan says, the Lord is with you. Go and build this temple for God, a house for God, because your kingdom will last forever. And then in one generation, the kingdom falls and Israel is cast into exile and they lose everything. That Mary is being given this message. But what does she focus on? What does Mary turn to? Because with this message, these blessings from God that she's given through the angel, she should have had a whole bunch of questions. Because she could have asked, how is my son going to be king when Caesar is king of this whole land? Is my son going to overthrow Caesar? How can these good things come from Nazareth, where this small, little, unknown town? And then how could I do anything? I'm not married yet. I don't have any ability to follow through on what you want. But she asks just one question. How can this be since I am a virgin? What is she really asking? When we think of Mary, blessed among women, I think we have to be careful what understanding of blessedness we're keeping in mind. Because I think sometimes what we think about when we think that, oh, you're blessed, what we think about is this happiness that sounds like blissfulness, or being prosperous, or being given many good things. And that's one way of understanding blessedness. That's not the way that scripture points to being blessed. Being blessed means to be consecrated, means to be made holy, means to be all gods, completely belonging to God. Mary is blessed among women because she totally and completely belongs to him. And so what does she focus on when she asks, how can this be since I am a virgin? What she's saying is, God, what do you need from me? I can't do this because I am a virgin. But what are you asking for 
from me? What do you need from me right now? That's the question that she asks. But for a lot of us, when it comes to our prayer, what questions do we usually ask? We usually ask, God, can you take this temptation away from me? God, what are you doing with my life? God, why are you letting this happen to me? And in all those questions, we ask the questions, the equivalent of what we would expect Mary to ask in this situation. But she asks, how can this be since I am still a virgin? What she's asking is, God, what are you asking from me now? Because Mary is able to see what God is trying to do, which is what? In this moment, in this message from Gabriel, what God is trying to do is bring eternity into one moment in time. Think about that for a second. God is trying to bring infinity into this one finite creature. God is trying to bring the ocean of his divine mercy into the little stream of a human heart. God is trying to plant the mighty oak of his strength into the little flower pot of a human creature. That is what God is trying to do in that instant. And Mary recognizes something greater than herself in this moment. So it's not first a mission that she's being sent out to do. It's a moment that she's being given by God, a grace that she's being given by God. This is what we are invited to as well. God, what do you want for me? What are you asking from me right now? Because how often in our life do we get too bogged down by the past? that we allow the past to define our present? Or how often do we get overwhelmed by what might be in the future or what I have to do in the days to come and we can't stay present to right now? Because that's where grace is given, is right now. God forgives the past. God is in control of the future. Where he gives us grace is for the present. God wants to make his eternity present to us now. And that's a really hard thing for us to grasp. But we try to do that in different ways. In a real way, the signs of our Christmas decorations are about trying to make this eternal reality present to us more concretely here and now. The signs and the symbols that we're using, trying to make real what God is trying to give all of humanity. It's the same thing that we're trying to do every time we go to prayer. Every time we pray with God, what we're asking is that His eternal presence might become a reality for us in this one finite moment of time. No wonder prayer is so hard. That's what we're trying to open ourselves up to. And in a more, even more significant way, every time we celebrate the Eucharist, by the gift of the Holy Spirit, God's eternity becomes present to us under the form of bread and wine. 
This is what God is trying to do in Mary and for Mary. And though I doubt she had a full awareness of what that might be, she at least do enough to open herself to God and allow him to bless her in that moment. Because we usually turn to the end of this gospel as the great act of Mary's obedience of faith. That she says, let it be done to me according to your word. And yes, it's a beautiful yes from Mary. But the true act of faith from Mary begins even before that. Because what does Mary do when this confusing message of Gabriel comes to her? It's something that we hear twice in the Gospel of Luke. Once today at the Annunciation, and again at the birth of Jesus. And I don't know if I've ever heard it anywhere else in all of the scriptures. When Gabriel comes with the message to Mary, it says that Mary was much perplexed at his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. To ponder. And again, at the birth of our Lord, Mary pondered these things in her heart. What Mary is doing is she's staying present right there. What is God desiring of me here, now? Not bogged down in the past of this is who I am, and so therefore this could not be. Not overwhelmed by the future and what might come because she is going to be a mother of a child without being married. She's not overwhelmed by the future that might come just pondering what greeting this might be. What grace is God trying to give now to ponder here and now? That's what we're invited to, to allow God's eternity to become present to us in a moment in time, to ponder that gift because ultimately, that is the gift of Christmas. The eternal God becomes incarnate, becomes man in a moment in time, and a gift to all of us. And so we ponder so that we could hope to be faithful like Mary, to say to God, let it be done to me according to your word.